So this morning you get three sermons instead of one. But each of them are a little shorter than normal. I'll just promise you that, all right? So we are in the second week of a message series for the month of May called Spirit. One of the questions I get a lot, a lot of questions we get around the church quite a bit, is just exactly who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What's that Pentecost thing we talk about? And, and what's the assurance of the Holy Spirit? So those are the four questions we're answering for the month of, of May. Last week we talked about who is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God himself, the Spirit of God. We talked about that quite a bit. This week we're going to talk a little bit about what does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? And so if you're thinking in your mind all of the things you've heard about the Holy Spirit and all of the things you've heard that the Holy Spirit does this and the Holy Spirit does that, I want to break it down for you and give you three things today that the Holy Spirit does that I think of as the most important things the Holy Spirit does. The most important things that year after year, life after life, human being after human being, these things are going on in every one of us. So I'm going to break it into three sections this morning. I'm going to give you one thing he does at three different times in the service today. So if you have your Bibles, you might turn with me over to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And if you haven't ever noticed it, it's not there today. Never mind. <laughs> John chapter 16. I'm going to start at the fifth verse. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I have told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. This is the word of God. It is true and it can be trusted. Amen? So here's the thing. The first thing the Holy Spirit does is it convicts us of our sin. It shows us what's missing in our, he shows us what's missing in our lives. The hole at the center of us, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes, shows us that we're missing who God is, that we're not sufficient in our own right. Before we even know there is such a thing as God the Father, before we're aware of anything known as God, before we even have been convinced that we are people that have blown it and made mistakes and sin and all of that, before we're aware of any of it, the Holy Spirit is working in us, working in us to slowly, patiently, persistently turn us toward God, to convict us of our sin and show us our need of Him, to show us where we're falling short so that we can step into God's preferred future for us, which is always a relationship with Him. Turn over to Titus. Chapter 3, I'm going to start at verse uh, 4. But when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He graciously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, he made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit 
eternal life. Did you see it? He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. So what the Holy Spirit does is he convicts us of our sins, shows us what we're missing out on, shows us our need of God that in order to receive forgiveness and wholeness and relationship with him, we need to turn to Jesus. So he's bringing us to that. And in the same vein, it is the Holy Spirit washing us of our sin and bringing us into new life. It is the Holy Spirit that takes up residence in us and gives us this new life. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus through the power of of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, we said last week, is God in you. The Holy Spirit is pulling God, is pulling you towards a deeper relationship with God and birthing you into new life in Christ Jesus. So the first thing the Holy Spirit does, the first thing he does is show us our need of Christ and give us new life in Christ. So the first part of what happens when the, what the Holy Spirit does is it calls us to Christ. The Holy Spirit calls us to Christ. The second thing we want to talk about is that the Holy Spirit sends us out on behalf of Christ. So the Holy Spirit brings us to Christ, and then the Holy Spirit sends us out on behalf of Christ. Today in the Christian calendar, this day is called Ascension Sunday. It's the day that in the Christian church, we remember Jesus ascending to be with the Father. And as that is taking place, this happens in the first chapter of Acts, starting at verse 4. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift uh, he has promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth." After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here, staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven the same way you saw him go. Once again, this is the word of God. It is true, and it can be trusted. Amen? So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit calls us into relationship with Christ, brings us to Christ, sends us out on behalf of Christ. In the text I just read for you, Jesus and the disciples are walking near the Sea of Galilee. They are there. The, the crucifixion has already happened. His death has already happened. He has already been risen from the grave. He is there giving them his parting instructions. They're wondering what's going to happen, what's next for us, how's this all going to play out. And he says to them, his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and indeed to the very ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. 
everywhere. In, in Wolferth, in Friendship, in Southwest Lubbock, in Lubbock County, in the West Texas, in all of Texas, in the United States, anywhere you go in the world, you will be my witnesses because the Holy Spirit is upon you and in you and guiding you to be my witnesses wherever you go. And so our graduates today, if you watch the videos, you hear about colleges. Some are going to Fort Worth, some are going to Tech, some are going all over the place, some are going onto the mission field for a gap year, others are, are planning their lives that they may one day be full lifetime missionaries. The reality is, wherever your next steps take you, you already have the power to be the witnesses God is calling you to be. And it matters not whether that's professional ministry or missions, or you're going to be a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor or a nurse or a farmer or whatever it is. In every area of your life, God is commissioning you and sending you as his witness and his missionary into that place. The power of the Holy Spirit is upon you and within you to share the gospel of Jesus with a lost hurting, broken, and dying world. Whether that's in Fort Worth, or Lubbock, or Swaziland, or Oahu, Oahu, <laughs> wherever you may be. Now church, I just said that like I was talking to the graduates. But I'm talking to you as well. To each and every one of us who draws breath, to each and every one of us who have professed faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, to everyone who has been baptized, to everyone who has taken a step in faith in Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have the power to be the witness of Jesus in this world, in your community, in your life, in your relationships, in the name and power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Finally, third part of the message. I know that's why you all came today, to get the word from me. I get it. Listen to Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. <laughs> Once again, it's the Word of God. It is true, and it can be trusted. Amen? So here's where we are, bringing it to a conclusion for today. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit brings us to Christ. The Holy Spirit sends us out on behalf of Christ. And the Holy Spirit confirms who we are in Christ. Do you see it? The Holy Spirit draws us, brings us to Christ, sends us out with the message of Christ into the world. He sends us out. 
and he confirms who we are in Christ. That if you confess Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you, forms and shapes you into the image of Jesus, confirming that you have been adopted into the family of God. You have been grafted into the family of God. And the, the word I just read uses this important phrase. It is the Spirit of God bearing witness with your spirit that you are indeed a child of God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Holy Spirit confirms in you that you are a child of God. It was the Holy Spirit that awoke in you your desire and your need and your awareness of God. It is the Holy Spirit that uses you to share the message of God with the world. And it is the Holy Spirit in you saying, you are my child. You have been claimed. You have been redeemed. You have been set free. You have been adopted and grafted into the family of God. It is His Spirit bearing witness with your spirit that you are His. That's your identity. Claimed, saved, redeemed, regenerated, made new, new created, the breath of life breathed into, Holy Spirit filled, forgiven, and alive in Christ. You are a child of God. And that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So I'm going to ask the confirmation kids to come up. In churches that uh, celebrate infant baptism, they always also celebrate something in the same line as, as confirmation for eight weeks. Nine if you include the Saturday at Cedar Canyon together. I've enjoyed getting to know you. I've loved watching you wrestle with the truth of the scriptures and the faith. I've loved looking into your eyes as I've asked you questions you didn't understand what I was talking about, but you worked on it and you wrestled with it. I loved watching you talk with each other and try to fix what you thought was wrong. With it. No, 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 no. You remember you saying that all the time, right? right? I love it last Sunday and this Sunday when I say amen, you said, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, that's our thing. But what I really love is watching you come alive in Christ. That when you each of you were in the water just a few moments ago, and I said, do you have faith in Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior? Every one of you looked at me, not just like, okay, I need to say this in order to get through this moment, but you looked at me with a, I really do look. I really do believe in Jesus as my Savior and my Lord, as the one who forgives me and the one who, who leads my life. So now you're coming to a place where God is confirming in you who you are in Christ Jesus as his beloved, his son, his daughter, his kid. But this is also a moment where you are joining the church and becoming a part of what God is doing in the world to change the world. This is the moment where in the eyes of the church, you become a full member, on par with everybody else who's a member of the church, with me, with your parents, with the other adults looking around up here at you. God has a plan for you and your work within and on behalf of the church now. Not just 
when you graduate high school and move on to something else. Not when you're an adult and got the gray going. But right now, God wants to use you. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Some of them I'm just repeating from what we did earlier, but I'm going to ask them again. Do you have faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord? Yes. Do you promise to follow and serve Him all the days of your life? Yes. Will you support the church? Now, I'm going to see if you all know this one too, all right? So just, this is for you too. Will you support the church with your prayers, which means will you pray for the church, with your presence? Are you going to show up? Hello, church. <laughs> are you going to show up with your presence? With your prayers, your presence, your gifts. Are you going to tithe? Are you going to give sacrificially, not just a token? Are you going to pray? Are you going to be present? Are you going to give your, tithe, your, your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service? Are you going to find a place to serve within the church on behalf of Jesus? And are you going to support the church with your witness? Are you going to share Jesus with a, with a world in such desperate need? So that's the question. Will you support the church with your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness? Will you, the body of Christ, support these who are taking the oath of membership for the first time? Will you support them in their continuing endeavor to grow into Christ-likeness? Will you support them and provide for them the example of what it means to be a member of the church, to be a follower of Jesus, as you support the work and ministry of the church in your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness? Yes. Then we rejoice to recognize you as members of Christ's holy church, and this body of the United Methodist Church, with you we renew our vows to support the church with all of who we are, to lift up the name of Jesus, to proclaim the gospel, to share the hope of the world.